Well, 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 it's been a year, hasn't it? And while we didn't get to make it under the most ideal of circumstances, we here at The Wrong Station are very happy to have brought you this last season. Thank you to everyone who has listened, shared with friends and family, helped us reach a million downloads this year, all of our patrons, of course. And, yeah. We'll be back in October, as always, still posting regularly on Patreon in the meantime, also as always. But, for now, please enjoy this season finale. Moderation. The human mind can only take so much of this. We're supposed to be in a meadow somewhere, eating fruit. That's what our brains evolved to handle. A few moments of extreme crisis spread out over a lifetime of meadows and fresh fruit. We're not built for more than that. We're not built for hour after hour after day after month of cruelty and evil. At a certain point, the human mind breaks down. For my part, I started to think I was reaching that point at 10.20 a.m. on a Tuesday, when I was sitting in bed watching somebody's father get their head sawed off with a bread knife. Maybe you've seen this video before. It's something of a classic. I think it came out the same year as the King's Speech. I'd seen it more times than I can count. This was my job, you understand? This was twelve thirty-five an hour with no benefits. Something strange happened during this rewatch, though. I started to cry. And it wasn't for the sake of the man in the video. Like I told you, I'd seen him die before. I'd done my part, maybe. I'd borne witness. But this time, I was crying out of relief... I was crying because the algorithm had served me up something I could handle. Something that couldn't hurt me any more than it already had. I was crying because I knew there were worse things it could show me. And that I'd been spared. For the moment. I was working for a company with a meaningless name. The name was Priorion. And they were a fourth-party logistics firm, which is like being a third-party logistics firm, only more so. If that sentence means nothing to you, it's because companies like Priorion don't care if it means anything to you, and would honestly probably prefer you didn't understand. When I say I worked for them, what I mean is that I was an independent contractor who sent invoices to a guy named Luis, who was a contractor of Priorion, which was in turn contracted out to one of the social media giants. So really, I was working for the giant, but at a plausibly deniable remove. I just told people I was working for the giant, though. It didn't feel like a lie, and it sounded prestigious. 
And at that point in my life, at any point, prestige was in short supply. As bad jobs go, it beat working maskless at a big box retailer during the pandemic. The posting itself was simple enough. Assess posts flagged for violating community safety standards. Remove if in violation. Since I had at least one eye and 50 brain cells, they gave me the job after a few emails and a 10-minute Zoom interview. And that's all there was. There was no ritual or initiation. It was just, welcome aboard, man, great to have you. And then 13 hours later, when I was swimming in the darkest waters of the human soul, alone and without anything to cling to. There are things a human being should never see. Th things a human being isn't equipped to see even once, let alone a hundred times a day, Monday to Friday, nine to five. And they just sat me down in front of these things without any kind of preparation. They never even gave me coffee. Uh, I, I know that's a weird thing to fixate on, but if there was an office, you could at least try to leave things at the office. You would fail, because the things I've been shown are things you could never forget. But you could try to leave things at the office. But I was working out of the one bedroom where I lived. A place where I ate and slept and talked to my loved ones on the phone was also the place where I saw that man forced down onto the concrete floor with a bread knife at his spine. They never even gave me coffee. <laughs> it was a pandemic and there was nowhere else to go. Everywhere where I could be in the course of the day was the place where I had seen these things. Do I need to be explicit about the kind of material I'm talking about? I, I think that would be exhausting. Suffice it to say, it fell into three categories. The majority of it was merely pornographic, albeit in a way that to this day has made me a bit uh, desensitized towards sex, or even slightly sickened by it. Uh, then there were the videos of the violent accidents, deaths, and injuries. Those were mostly posted by people looking to shock or provoke, which I don't respect, but can at least explain away as uh, adolescent. But then there was the final category, the one that included all those videos we know deep down must exist, but try never to think about. The less said about it, the better. You know the kinds of things I'm talking about. And if you don't, it's because you're deceiving yourself. People who post the third kind of video are often their directors or creators. They post because they're eager to share the things they've done. Like all of us, they are driven to connect. I wonder how many of us have watched the same unthinkable things. Single mothers lying awake in the greater Houston area. Teenage contractors sitting shell-shocked at their desks in a high-rise in Luzon. And none of us even given a cup of coffee first. Luis dropped me in an instant message to check in at the end of my first week. How you doing, man? Eh, I, I just keep thinking, if this was an office, at least there'd be free coffee. Haha, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. You know, pandemic though, we, we'd all love to be in an office, but... 
Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Hey man, this job can be tough though. You know, the mental aspect. Uh, yeah. Well look, if you find things are getting too real and stuff, we've got a wellness consultant who can help you out with the mental aspect. I wasn't sure what a wellness consultant was. Is that like a therapist? Uh, sort of, yeah. Well, in that case, sure, that sounds good. Okay, awesome. Uh, I'll have her reach out to you. Uh, look, in the meantime... He trailed off, and I spent the better part of a minute watching those three dots wiggle on the screen. Whatever he was about to say, he was having trouble wording it. I know it's tempting to want to talk about these things. Like things you've seen with family and stuff. But I just gotta do my part and remind you about the NDA, you know? To be honest, I hadn't really felt like bringing any of it up over Zoom drinks. But now, Luis was giving me the gentle reminder that, if I ever did, the Giants' lawyers would be within their rights to behead me on camera. I replied, Yeah man, for sure, I understand. I could have said something sharp, but I didn't want to get fired. And, anyway, it wasn't Luis's fault. He was only on contract himself. The wellness consultant got in touch with me a few days later. Her name was Tsachi, and she used what I would describe as too many emojis in her messages. She had availability in two weeks, quote, unless you're in crisis. No, I replied. It was a chill day at the office. I was watching people jump to their deaths from a burning building. Two and a half weeks is fine. And it was, in the way people mean when they say something's fine. And two and a half weeks later, Sachi zoomed in from an apartment that couldn't have been much different than mine. I'd been worried she'd turn out to be some high-status person with a well-lit home office. But she was just a woman around my age in front of a blank wall. She didn't look great. In the same way that I didn't look great. She had that same puffiness about the face, the same dark circles under her eyes. The shelter-in-place face. How you doing? She said. She sounded very understanding, but at this stage in the game, I think we can all recognize professional empathy when we hear it. Yeah, yeah, we have to pretend to care, but let's just move along. I moved us along. Okay, she said, when the pleasantries were over. I want you to close your eyes and think about a place where you feel safe and happy. I did. After a moment... Are you there? She said. Can you focus on how it sounds? On how it smells? Okay, sure. Is there water there? Yeah. Huh. Are you at the beach? The lake. Nice. Now, imagine you are stepping into the water. Feeling it rise over you. Wash over you. Washing away everything, leaving you clean and new. I could. Yeah, it felt good. I said as much. Alright, so anytime things feel overwhelming, just, you know, listen to yourself. Take a time out, 
get some water, go for a little walk, and if you can find somewhere quiet to sit outside, it might be really helpful to repeat that exercise we just did. She gave me a couple of other exercises to do as well, some stretches and poses, things like that. In the end, the phone call to consult my wellness took an entire 12 minutes. When it was over, I sat alone in my room, listening to the sound of distant sirens. I didn't blame Sachi. It wasn't her fault. She was only on contract herself. And by fate or coincidence, it was the very next morning that I saw the video. I was rested, bathed, and fed. I'd had my coffee and done some of Sachi's mindfulness exercises. I was in a relatively good frame of mind. And the video's thumbnail didn't seem to hint at much. Just a man standing by the side of the road. I'd have assumed it was reported by accident, but it had been flagged multiple times as offensive or disturbing, so it needed human eyes. I pressed play. The video was a minute and 13 seconds long. By the end of it, I was in tears. I couldn't have been more wrong. The video was obscene. Utterly obscene. Worse than anything I'd seen on the job. I pushed my computer away and, and staggered into the kitchen so I could dry heave into the garbage can. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I had watched. It wasn't until several minutes had passed that I realized I couldn't remember what I had watched. I knew it was wrong, profane, depraved, but all I could remember was the man's little smile as he did whatever it was he did, and the rest of my memories were just a blur of flesh tone and fuchsia color. I opened the computer. There was the thumbnail, a man standing on the street, dirty old khakis and a gray long sleeve shirt, sandals. He was just standing there. I hovered my cursor over the play button, but I couldn't bring myself to watch the clip again. It was enough that I knew it was wrong, as bad as anything I'd seen. Worse. I nuked the clip and closed the tab. I went outside to sit on the dry yellow grass with my back to a concrete wall and, and watch the SUVs go back and forth along the highway. I stayed like that the rest of the afternoon. The patch of yellow grass was the closest thing I had to a meadow. By early evening, I had several missed calls from Luis, and one from Sachi. I didn't respond until the next day. Hey man, how's it going? By Luis's tone, I could tell it was going badly. Mostly we communicated by instant messenger. In itself, a phone call was a big deal. Oh, it's going okay. I lied. Why didn't you pick up yesterday? I tried calling you. Sorry, I was away from my phone. Yeah, well, uh, look man, I need to be able to reach you, especially during work hours. Sorry. Especially if you're going AWOL while we're in the middle of a big backlog. I was glad we were on the phone, not on video chat. 
It meant I was able to make eye contact with myself in the mirror and mouth the words, Hire more people, then. What was that? Uh, nothing. Sorry, Louise, I, I was just... It got to me yesterday. I had a bit of a meltdown. Couldn't finish the day. Yeah, well... I could tell he wanted to say more about it, but that HR considerations were getting in his way. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Did you talk to Sachi about it? Uh, not yet. Talk to anyone else? Don't worry, I remember the NDA. Okay, good man. Talk to Sachi, okay? You gotta monitor yourself. If it's getting to be too much for you, you know... I waited for him to finish the thought. This might be a bad fit, he said at last. Don't worry, I can handle it, I said. What I really wanted to say was, fuck off, you don't have any idea what it's like. But I managed to hold back. Good man. Talk to Sanji, he said again. As an act of, um, petty rebellion, I put off reaching out to Sachi and clocked in instead. It was a bad day on the internet. Police violence at home, airstrikes abroad. A lot of the video was explicit and shared by official accounts. I always found that the spikes in state violence correlated with an increase in the third category. It's just anecdotal, but it felt to me that when the government shared its little snuff films, other people felt entitled to do the same. I spent some time watching a woman shoot horses. Just played the video on repeat. Boom. Drop. Boom. Drop. Boom. Drop. There was almost a meditative rhythm to it. Especially compared to some of the other stuff I'd seen that morning. I nuked the clip and moved on. The next thing to show up in my feed was... That video again. The video with the man. Someone else had uploaded it. I watched it through a second time. A minute and thirteen seconds. It affected me even worse than it had the first time. Out of a clear blue sky, a migraine shakes and an overwhelming fatigue. I vomited in earnest this time and didn't start to feel better until I had purged myself down to yellow bile. And I still couldn't remember what happened in the video. I reached out to Sachi right afterwards. She responded a few hours later, saying she had availability in three weeks, quote, Unless you're in crisis, I would really, really like to talk before that, I said. She managed to find me a spot in two weeks' time. She was facing a backlog right now, she said. I understood. We all were. If I detected a note of irritation in her messages, I'm sure it was all in my head. But until then... The man kept showing up on my feet. People kept finding him, or he kept finding them. Once a day at first, then twice, then three times, my productivity dropped. I'd have to take a half hour away from the keyboard every time I saw his face, saw him just standing there, 
I didn't rewatch it after the second time. Couldn't bear to. Just the sight of that thumbnail made me feel like I'd drunk sewage. I nuked the video every time I saw it, but here's the catch. There seemed to be nothing in the video, objectively, that actually violated the terms of service. And so each time I nuked the video, the algorithm that tracked my reliability as a moderator lowered my overall score. And after a week of this, my pay rate was automatically bumped down by 15 cents per hour. Luis reached out to me. Hey man, I noticed your RS is dropping pretty fast. Anything going on? RS was reliability score. I tried to explain the situation to him. Well, look, he said. I applaud your, like, diligence, but the terms of service are the terms of service, and we're just here to enforce that. Luis, this this video, it's it's obscene. I mean, if someone's kid saw it... Okay, could you explain to me what's wrong with it so I can have it on record? And of course, I couldn't. I couldn't even call the images to mind. The video was just that sickening blur of flesh tone and fuchsia in my memory. Its background sound was just the sound of traffic. I can't, Luis. It's just... It's violent, it's sexual, and that man, what he's doing, it's revolting. It's debauched, Luis. You have to believe me, people shouldn't be watching this. And what is he doing? I... In my mind's eye, he was just... Standing there. There was more to it than that, but... I couldn't find it. I... Luis, I don't know. He let me sit with my own answer for a moment before he replied. Uh... Look, man, it sounds like you're having a tough time with this work. It takes a certain kind of... Well, not everyone's cut out for it. I really want you to talk with Sachi. Do you have something scheduled with her? Yes. Okay. In the meantime, if you see that video, just leave it for the other mods to deal with, okay? He didn't wait for my answer before ending the call. I closed my eyes and covered my face with my hands. In my mind's eye, I saw the horrible blur of color and heard the unremarkable background sound of traffic. The first thing I did the next morning was take the video down. It was waiting for me the moment I logged in. I tried to let it go. I couldn't. And after that, it kept cropping up and cropping up. People kept re-uploading it. It was spreading faster than I could nuke it. And I don't know why they kept sharing it. I have no idea why. Whether it was out of sick curiosity or, or some need to bear witness, or because, on some level, they liked the man, and it gave them a secret flush of pleasure to watch him do the little things he did. I, I don't know. But they kept sharing it. I nuked it again and again. My reliability score dropped to nil, and by the end of the week I was drawing base salary, 
which was well below minimum wage. When I finally jumped on my video call with Sachi, we weren't alone. Hey, she said, just a heads up that Luis is going to be joining us today. Hey man, Luis said. And there was also a fourth person on the call, but their camera was off. Sachi said, and so is Miss Giffins, who's with Priorion. She didn't mention what Miss Giffins did at Priorion, and Miss Giffins did not introduce herself. Have you been doing the exercises we talked about? Sachi asked. Yes, I have. And? <laughs> and the answer was that they didn't work. That I'd close my eyes and try to conjure up the sound of running water, and instead I'd hear the background hum of traffic, and then I'd try to see the lake, and instead I'd see that flesh-toned fuchsia blur, and then the face of the beheaded man, and the horse, and all the other things I'd seen, and in the middle of it all, the man, and he was just standing there. And all they do is remind me, I said, of him, the man in the video. There was a momentary silence from the three on the other end. Okay, I... Sachi began. But she was interrupted by Miss Giffins, who had a voice like a marble countertop. I'll be perfectly clear, she said. Our priority is to ban content that violates the client's terms of service. The nature of those terms of service is up to the client, not to us. <laughs> Have you seen the video? I mumbled. What's that? Have you seen the video, Miss Giffins? I have, she said. Can you remember what happens in it? Silence. A long silence. Sachi and Louise looked confused. I could tell that they didn't know what I was talking about, that they hadn't watched it. It, or any of the other things they'd condemned their freelancers to face. No, Miss Giffen said at last. Sachi and Luis's eyes widened. But you know that what happens in it is wrong, I said. There was another short silence from the other end. I wish I could have seen Miss Giffen's face, to know if she had any doubts... Or if I was only reading doubt into that silence. I know, she said, finally. That's not my job to make moral judgments. It's my job to look out for the client's interests. And, for the moment, the controversy around this video is good. It draws eyeballs to the site. And so, if we take the video down with no proof that it violates the terms of service, then we're actively working against the client's interests. I said nothing. I wish I could have made some speech to change your mind. But the decision wasn't hers, after all. I couldn't blame her. It wasn't her fault. She was only on contract herself. I closed my eyes and hid my face. In the darkness behind my eyelids, I could see... the man's smile could see that little face he made as he did the thing he was doing. 
Let me ask you a question, man, said Luis, stepping in. Are you prepared to set aside your own personal bias and do what the client wants? Before you answer, Sachi jumped in. Maybe take a minute to send yourself and... No, I said. No, I won't. Never. Fire him, Miss Giffen said. And before anyone could say anything else, I closed my laptop and they were all gone. Gone completely, like mist in the sun. Strange to think about it, how it all happened in a single-room apartment. The worst experiences of my life. Of a thousand other lives, all happening in a little box in one lonely room. All happening inside my head. I left my computer on the table and went outside. The sun beyond the gray walls had just gone down. Blue glow had smothered the prickly yellow grass to green. Behind me, SUVs passed back and forth along the highway, leaving streaks of bluish-white and bloody red. I noticed one of my neighbors across the way had come outside for a smoke. She was squatting on the steps out in front of her place, ash kissing the filter of the cigarette that burned down between her fingers. And in her opposite hand, she held her phone sideways. Even from over where I was, I could hear it. The distant, tinny background sound of recorded traffic. Could see the fuchsia wash of light reflected from her pallid, shadowed face. Shelter-in-place face. It broke my heart to see her hollow eyes as she watched the video again and again and again, bearing witness and forgetting all at once, bearing hopeless witness to something that she could not ever change. What was it so wrong about that clip? About a minute, 13 seconds. If I could just know what it was, maybe I could understand. Futile. Of course. Futile. I could understand a man on a concrete floor, underneath a bread knife. But it didn't make a difference. Not a single one. And then I looked up at the building behind her, at all the darkened rooms, each lit by the dim and flicking light of a single screen, by a low glow of fuchsia and flesh tone. And I was just standing there. But could I even blame myself? It wasn't my fault. I was only on contract. Only for a time. And not even that much anymore. This week's episode, Moderation, was written by Alexander Saxton and performed by Anthony Botello. The Wrong Station is made possible with the generous support of our listeners on Patreon. Thank you to Joe Sander, Ashley Kate, Luke Jordan, and a very special thanks to Ryan Johnson. Sorry about the mistake the other week, Ryan. For helping us keep the lights, well, off. You can also support us by leaving a rating and review on iTunes, or wherever it is you listen to The Wrong Station. 
The Wrong Station is co-produced by Alexander Saxton, Anthony Botello, and Jacob Duarte Spiel, with music composed and performed on the piano by Elan Citrin, and arranged for the viola and performed by Viola Schmidt. You can follow The Wrong Station on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and email us at therongstation at gmail.com. And until next season, thank you for listening.